Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. again everyone and welcome back to the front line with joe and joe joe pasillo as always joined by joe resinello and once more dear brothers and sisters let us go into the breach on the veritas catholic radio network 1350 on your am dial 103.9 on your fm dial serving the new york metropolitan area please be sure to download the veritas catholic radio network mobile app so that you could be sure to have all of our stations content access to all of our stations content and also on the website veritascatholic.com veritascatholic.com you could you could give us some feedback on all the shows on veritas not just the front line with joe and joe so if you if you love us if you hate us if you have a suggestion let us know we'd really love it um and if you can follow joe and i on um, our social media, which is thefrontlinetv.com, thefrontlinetv.com. You can support us there. That would be greatly appreciated. And today we are very pleased and honored to be welcoming back to the program, Alan Smith. And we're going to be talking about Alan's new book, The Greatest Commandment, a Fulton Sheen anthology on love. Joe Rosanello, we love Fulton Sheen, don't we? And we love Alan Smith, too. And we love Alan Smith. <laughs> and for those of you who uh, who don't know Alan, I'm going to give him a brief uh, introduction. Al Smith is a husband, father, and grandfather who has served the church for 15 years as a Catholic evangelist, radio host, writer, internet broadcaster, and retreat director. He is often featured on Catholic media such as EWTN Radio and Television, Radio Maria, the Catholic Channel, Relevant Radio, and Shalom TV. Al is also the founder and director of the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Mission Society of Canada and has served on the board of directors of the, of the Archbishop Fulton John Sheen Foundation in Peoria, Illinois, which promotes the cause of Sheen's canonization process. In addition, Al is also the founder and director of the Bishop Sheen Today, which is a media group responsible for promoting and publishing the works of Archbishop Sheen throughout the world. His, uh, he also has an award-winning website, which attracts millions of visitors each year, and the publishing arm of his apostolate distributes dozens of Sheen titles to a worldwide audience. Now, if that wasn't enough, Al is also a writer with Catholic Exchange Magazine and has produced three best-selling books distributed by Sophia Institute Press. Al Smith, welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe. It's great to be here, man. It's, uh, I feel like I'm just always getting ready to spar and fight for, uh, I'd like to say the good fight. And uh, thanks for inspiring me to uh, come and to help out in the cause because uh, I think we need as many saints and blesseds and the wisdom of these wide, old, wise old sages. And Archbishop Fulton Sheen is one of those wise old sages. And I'm happy to share some of his wisdom with our audience today. Awesome. Amen. Thank you, Amen. Alan. Al, we're going to begin with a short prayer uh, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly into you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, for you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother, the word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency hear and answer us, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Now, before we get into the topic at hand, I want to share with the audience a little something about you, and it greatly impressed me. Alan's a pretty big deal. I'm going to be honest with you. We talk with a lot of people. He touches a lot of people. He's been on the radio. He's been doing this for a long time. I know I don't want to you know, embarrass you, but you are, and you've been around. The reason why I say that is this. My mother-in-law had a dream regarding Fulton Sheen's canonization. So she told me and my wife, and uh, I said, well, why don't you reach out to Alan? He's like, you know, on the board of this and that, and he has, you know, a pretty big say in, in Fulton Sheen's canonization. And she sent you an email and you responded to her. And I want to be honest with you. A lot of people don't do that. And you did. 
And it says a lot because to be honest, we talk to a lot of people and some people are more receptive to stuff like that than others. And, you know, my mother-in-law is a, an older woman and uh, it, you're the real deal. I just wanted to tell you. <laughs> and so people should know that um, you're a disciple of Christ. And I, honestly, that really impressed me because you guys went back and forth via email and that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, it comes back from, you know, if people who know me know that I'm a man of trade, I, I'm a plumber pipe fitter, and I've been in a lot of houses. I, uh, I've, I'm up to 30,000 homes that I've been in where I've fixed their pipes over the years. So it's one customer at a time, one soul at a time. And I know that uh, I have an opportunity uh, when I enter a house to um, tend to a soul and to be inspired by them too. I mean, God is helping me. Uh, he puts people in front of me uh, to inspire me. And so it's that whole idea of just one soul at a time, one job at a time. And I think that's how we have to live our life. Sometimes not get caught up in the future of how big this might be or where I'll reach or things like that. But uh, it's all about the duty of the moment. What's in front of you today? And if you keep that uh, in front of you, then it'll be everything we will find. And I think of how Fulton Sheen, Archbishop Sheen, you know, 10,000 uh, letters a, a week to his thing. And of course, the, the crowds and the audiences, yet he just did one at a time. And that was his gift because people come up and say, he wrote me a letter. He, he reached out to me, he helped me. Um, so again, just, you know, repeat what the master did. And our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, did souls one at a time. Yes, he fed the 5,000. He did the group thing, but he did a lot of individual things. And that's what we need to do. Uh, imitate our Lord and Savior in that matter. Amen. Amen. So let's get right into it. And you're right, actually. Mother Teresa said the same thing. Um, it's something I have to work on. Um, and it's definitely the way of the Lord to do things that way. Because um, each person means something. With that said, we're going to talk about the word love. I mean, I think it's definitely one of the most misused words out there. Um, sadly, I think our society uh, has a notion of love in truth that is the antithesis of what authentic love is. Al, how would uh, Fulton Sheen define love? I'm interested because this is, I think, a very important word that's definitely misunderstood. Right. And, and you know, again, it's this, you, you ask 10 people what love is, and you'll get 10 different answers. And I you know I thought it would be important for to say, uh, to just kind of go again to the master and say, um, Fulton Sheen, you know, the scriptures inside out, uh, maybe you can unpackage these for us and tell us, you know, what love really is. And, um, you know, I just quote just two short paragraphs, I think that nail it. When Fulton Sheen says, he goes, love is the inspiration of all sacrifice. Love is not the desire to have, to own, to possess. That is selfish love. Love is the desire to be had, to be owned, to be possessed. It is the giving of oneself for another. The symbol of love as the world understands it is the circle continually surrounded by self, thinking only of self. The symbol of love, as Christ understands it, is the cross with its arms outstretched, even unto eternity, to embrace all souls within its grasp. And so, of course, Fulton Sheen is saying, true love is Jesus on the cross with his arms outstretched, embracing humanity, taking on our sin, and hopefully allowing us to one day be with him in paradise as the good thief did when he heard those great words from the cross this day you'll be with me in paradise so uh, love is these arms outstretched these arms of love of jesus christ loving humanity giving us the sacraments um again uh that's the answer to what love is uh again it's one answer but it's a good answer it is and i'll tell you what that's a decision you see i think that's what the world doesn't fully understand they think it's like a feeling and it is a feeling i mean all of us are married you know we we know what that feels like to be in love um but that's just the beginning you see like that's the beginning real love is a choice christ chose to die on the cross the cross christ chose to feed the 5000 christ chose to go to swim upstream that's a daily choice and in order to do that and remember, Christ doesn't give us anything that we can't do with the help of his grace. You need God. 
You see, that's the piece that society doesn't get. You know, like to do the things that Jesus asks us to do, to love in the radical way as a father, as a husband, as a Catholic, you need grace. Can't do it by yourself. It's a decision we must make every morning. Yes, and to add to that, I mean, Fulton Sheen said, you know, look at that mother that stays up all night with the sick child. Um, what was that? Well, that was a decision to love. That mother loves that child enough to say, I will uh, keep watch with this child and wait for the fever to break. Um, again, that was a decision that that mother made to love their child. So uh, again, these holy examples that we see every day in our own lives, uh, Fulton Sheen brings those to our attention and says, you know, again, we can show acts of love and people are watching because I remember my mother taking care of some of my brothers and sisters and staying up uh, throughout the night. It's uh, again, this work of mercy that mothers and fathers both do. And so uh, it's just giving those examples of love. Amen. Amen. So Alan, um, and Alan Smith is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 on your AM dial. Alan, let me ask you this. Um, <clears throat> so we have a very unique definition of God, us Christians, okay? Wow, there's there's th three gods or three persons or one God, and we call it the Trinity, right? And it's a mystery. Um, three persons, one God, and it's a relationship. Talk about love, because we're staying on that topic, okay, in relation to how we define the Trinity. Right, yeah, I know the Trinity is a mystery and even many priests when they're preparing for homilies will sometimes throw their arms up and say, um, I'll do my best here, uh, but I can't guarantee that I'm gonna give you the answer you want. But uh, Fulton Sheen is very clear. I mean, he starts off right away about the love between the father and the son. And so you see that element of father and son, the father begetting the son, the son appreciating the father's love. And how many times we look into sacred scripture and see Jesus talking about God the father, that the father and I are one. And so you get that. And so I think it's great. Uh, um, I just want to get say example that God gives us the love between the father and the son, but oh, there's the Holy Spirit. And what is that? And of course it is what I like to say, the love between the father and the son uh, acting out. Um, and of course it overshadowed the blessed Virgin Mary. The Holy Spirit came upon her and then the word took flesh and dwelt among us. And so you can see this love of father, son, Holy Spirit. Now Jesus coming, taking flesh and coming into the world to love us and to give us this great command to love one another. It's, it's this idea of, again, father begetting the son, the son appreciating the father. And then of course the Holy Spirit being the animator. And of course, again, our blessed Virgin Mary participating in that. And she is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. And I think this is where it's so beautiful to bring her into the picture because she is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. And so it just makes sense. And so again, I'm, I don't know if I'm making sense by this answer, but this is what I've picked up from Fulton Sheen's writings is that- well, the way yeah, the, the, the way I see it, and, and you, you've obviously you've, you've alluded to it already, is I, 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 none of us, like we said, can understand the Trinity. Um, we, we have we have it as a concept. We have we we accept it um, on faith. But I've always thought of it, and correct me if I'm wrong, Alan, that that it's an amazing thing to talk about the Holy Spirit as the love which emanates from the Father and the Son that it's so strong that it's another person of the Trinity, that the love itself is a whole other person, equal to the Father and the Son. The, it, it, to me, it's it's the most amazing thing. It should tell us, it, it, you would hope that it would tell, I mean, the modern world doesn't like less too many lessons from the Catholic Church, let's be honest. But, you know, it's something that I would love to impart to people. That's how strong love is, that you all have this crazy notion of love like love me nowadays love means telling a boy he could be a girl that's loving somebody nowadays when you try to explain to him no no you're 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 way off but it always amazed me that that love is so strong between the father and the son it's a whole other person 
Yes. And I think what's unique about God and how he wants to bring everyone to him, how many times we see people say, well, you know, I have this father connection. I, I want to pray to God the Father. And other people will say, well, no, I love this Jesus connection I have. I just want to pray to Jesus. And yet there's the people that are spiritual. No, no, no. I want to pray with the Holy Spirit and through the Holy Spirit. And yet God brings everyone to him. Um, the, the three are one. And I think this is what we always have to remember as Catholics. The three are one. And of course, he will bring all souls to him. And uh, again, that's the beauty of the net, I like to say, uh, of God's net of just bringing us all together. So uh, again, I'll just make that comment. You, you didn't mean you didn't mean Google's net. Like I, I thought you meant internet. All right, all right. God's is a little bit bigger, Alan. That's right. Yes. No yes. rest in hell. I'm going to hand it over to you. Well, we've always heard this that God created us to love and to be loved, and I think that's misunderstood because sadly, I think our world doesn't see God as loving. They see him as authoritarian. I mean, in my own walk with Christ, um, and it's been you know, almost 30 years, actually. Um, in next year, it's 29 years since I've like fully committed my life to God, uh, imperfectly, obviously, but trying. I, I have felt God's love, particularly when I go to confession. And I thank God I'm a Catholic every single time I leave the confessional, every time. And I've even looked back on some of my struggles in my life over the years, and I've thanked God for them in hindsight, because I've seen God's love in giving me those struggles, because it brought me to where I am now. Talk about how and why we were, we were created. We were created to love and then to be loved. Right. Well, I go back to the old days of the catechism, um, the Baltimore catechism, um, my, that dates me. But what was that first uh, one of those lessons? Why was I created? To know God, to love him, to serve him in this life, and to be happy with him to the, in the next. And again, that stuck with me, and it stuck with so many Catholics, that we were created to know God, to love God, to serve him in this life, and to be happy with him in the next. But Archbishop Sheen, again, he, this book, The Greatest Commandment, is so full of little pithy sayings, but they're powerful. And uh, there's many of them. I think I quoted up uh, 245 different quotes he uses in the book. And here's one of them. He says this, he says, the greatest wonder of all is that being perfect and enjoying perfect happiness, God, and he's speaking of God, he ever should have made a world if he did make a world, he could only have had one motive for making it. It could not add to his perfection. It could not add to his truth. It could not increase his happiness. God made a world only because he loved. And again, so you think about it. God did this because he loved us. And what did Jesus say? He loved us first. And so um, we have to take that and say, wow, i talking about a warm fuzzy. After reading that, I say, God loves us. And uh, again, we know that to be true. Well, the, the thing that bothers me about the, the, the modern world, Alan Smith joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe and the Veritas Catholic Network, is if, you'd say, if you said to any of these people who Joe Racinello alluded to, people who think or try to convince you that God is some authoritarian, and let's say and usually that's some sort of an idiot atheist, um, which actually may be redundant but anyway um you know when you when you talk about the atheist you would tell him well let me ask you if, especially if that atheist alan is a parent okay uh, say do you think it's an act of love to just let your kid do whatever they want now if they're being honest they would say no i say okay so then when you discipline them are you being an authoritarian or do you love them well no i love my child and that's why you discipline them right why why do you apply the different standard to god God doesn't let us do what we want. That's not why he created us. Because, because, you know, love, as we're saying, is an action. Okay, we have to act in a way that, that shows our love, you know, for God. And God acts in a way that shows his love by, yes, by disciplining us when we go off on that wrong path. That is the act of love. I think it was, um, it was I heard uh, Father Rutler uh, one time say, God loves us too much not to punish us. I always found that interesting. What are your comments on that, Alan? 
Yeah. Well, Fulton Sheen spends a whole chapter in this book talking about discipline, uh, reminding us, well, first of all, remember, you're a child of God. You're one of the king's kids, so you have to represent. But he, of course, I'd like to say is this beautiful life coach. And that's what I sometimes refer to as Archbishop Sheen as a life coach. And he gives us 11 different tips of how to discipline ourselves in one of the chapters of the book. Um, you know, he talks to, uh, to us about keeping our imaginations under control. Uh, very important. Know how to refuse, how to say no. Um, the, you know, the, pers- the purpose of discipline is charity. Uh, we have to be kind and charitable. Um, just different ideas. I mean, I can go on and on, but, you know, the soul is made by what gets into it. And so you have to protect your soul, guard your senses, all of these things. And again, Fulton Sheen, out of great love, because he's very pastoral, is giving us this timely advice in this book. And so uh, I, I'm in debt to Fulton Sheen as that spiritual mentor who pulls me aside and says, hey, let's get back to basics here. Discipline is part of this. Uh, the word disciple and discipline, they're connected. Absolutely. And, I, and, I think that also, way. <laughs> and also, I think God wants us to be holy. Like, I'll, I'll use an example. One of my flaws is I'm not always patient, particularly with my children. Um, so what does God do? He puts me in traffic. Like, like you sit in traffic enough, you start to get patient. Um, I have five children. They'll make you patient. As time goes on, God knows what he's doing. And I've a, a nun one time said to me, everything comes from the hand of God. Even God permits things to occur. And it's out of love because he's, he's sanding off our rough edges. He's making us holy. It's the reception of that to accept. At the moment, it's hard. But many times, if you think back the next day, the following day, to accept it, thy will be done. Christ said that when he had to drink the cup. That's a part of it. Um, and I think God knows what he's doing, and he's making us who we need to be. Yes. And, you know, I think of that one passage in scripture, I think it's uh, from Corinthians, uh, where he talks about love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous or boastful, it's not arrogant or rude, Uh, love does not insist on its own way, it is not irritable or resentful, it does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. And, And I don't think we put that scripture into our head enough to say, you know, how can I make that part of my daily activity? How can I uh, incorporate patience, kindness, generosity, humility? Uh, We like to refer to these as the nine ingredients of charity. And again, what is charity? Um, Well, it is patience, kindness, again, humility, uh, renouncing thyself, uh, being sincere. Um, How much we would just love people to be sincere with us and to say yes when they mean yes and no when they mean no. Uh, That would be very refreshing in today's world. But again, it's these ingredients of charity that we need to uh, incorporate into our lives to help us to become saints one day. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're listening to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Alan Smith joining us. Alan, I'm going to give you a couple opportunities. The the title of the book, where people could find it. It's called The Greatest Commandment. Uh, It is available through Sophia Institute Press, which is the publisher of this book. Uh, It's also available where refined books are sold. There's that thing called Amazon. Uh, But I like to say shop local if you can. If you've got that local little bookstore, uh, let's, uh, again, support our local retailers, too. Alan. Uh, Alan, we got to shop Catholic. I say all the time on the show, we, 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 we interview so many authors. Everybody's book is available on Amazon. Don't go on Amazon. Bezos has enough money. Support our Catholic publisher, Sophia Institute Press, uh, you know, amongst them. Um, so, yes, we, have, we, we all need to support our Catholic publisher. So buy Alan's book on Sophia Institute Press with that. We have a few minutes before the break, Joe Resinello. Uh, so where did you want to go? I want to talk about love can't exist without truth. I mean, I think this is a very important subject, and I'm sure uh, Fulton Sheen had a lot to say about it, uh, because I think a lot of times people sugarcoat things. That doesn't mean you should club people over the head like, like with the truth as if it's like a mallet. But at the same time, you're not doing anybody any favors if you don't tell them the truth. And Fulton Sheen surely did that. 
Right. And I think one thing we have to kind of say is, you know, I love that line from the uh, Passion of the Christ, of course, Pontius Pilate, and he asked, what is truth? You know, what is truth? And uh, but yet I have to remind people and Fulton Sheen reminds us, truth is a person. You need the truth, which is Jesus Christ. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. And so I think, again, we can't talk about truth without talking about Jesus Christ. And he leads the way. So again, truth is a person. Let us never forget that. Amen. And I think you you bring up a good point, because I think sometimes people try to separate the truth from Christ, meaning they try to separate Christ from the church. And the two cannot be separated. It's there. It's the head of the body. Christ and the church are one. And the church, I always say this, is perfect, but the people in it aren't. But the church is perfect. The teachings are as perfect as driven as the driven snow. But the people, including me, at the front of the line, are not. And that's why you can't separate the two. Right. I like to say, to add to that, um, you know, analogy they're giving, is that the church was founded by Jesus Christ, and he gave us the sacraments, which are holy. And I usually ask people to agree to that statement. You know, do you believe that the church was founded by Jesus and he gave us the sacraments of baptism, of course, Holy Communion, confession to help us? And they go, yes, yes. I said, so remember, the church is holy. It's the only problem is it has a staffing problem. And so it's the staffing problem. And and then they get it because I said the reason why people are mad at the church is because they're angry at, uh, you know, <laughs> the parish priest who's a staff member, uh, the janitor who didn't greet them or have the coffee ready, um, you know, whatever. But again, mm-hmm. it's that staffing problem. And I think people get that. So remember, the church is holy, founded by Jesus Christ. He gave us the sacraments to feed us and give us the grace we need. Always keep that in mind, but realize there are some staffing issues and we could look over the staffing issues and to look to Christ. Well, Alan Smith joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. Let, let's, let me piggyback off that and just ask you for a quick comment, uh, being we have a couple minutes before the break. Um, yeah, staffing problem. I mean, I've heard this before, and Joe and I have done a show on it because we we we're tolerant men, Alan, but but sometimes we we get very frustrated with with what we consider to be explanations for people's actions that really don't hold up to scrutiny. And then why am I why am I bringing it up? Uh, people who leave the Catholic Church or don't want to come into the Catholic Church because of what they call corruption. Okay, but the but the answer and putting it in your words, Alan Smith. Well, the staffing problem goes back to Judas, if you want to look at it that way. If you're looking for a church that's not going to be corrupt to one degree or another, well, you're never going to find any other church that's not corrupt. And certainly the Catholic Church, because it's made up of men, okay, um, let's say in the leadership positions, of course, men, um, there has always been and will always be until the Lord you know, brings the curtain down on the whole thing. There is always going to be corruption, and it was there from the beginning. Corruption is not a reason to leave the church. I try to be charitable when I explain this to people, but at the end of the day, corruption is not a reason to leave the church. I'd love for your comments on that. Right. I, I'll to go to a couple Sheen quotes that I think um, really speak volumes. Uh, and again, some people have seen this on memes, on social media, but Fulton Sheen wrote, he says, moral principles do not depend on a majority vote. Remember that. They don't depend on a majority vote. But he say, Wrong is wrong, even if everyone is wrong. Right is right, even if nobody is right. And I, I have that actually meme posted because that's the whole thing. What is right? What is wrong? Bible warns us to say, you know, uh, beware when people say that good is evil and evil is good. And again, Fulton Sheen reminds us in these three little quotes, moral principles do not depend on a majority vote. Wrong is wrong, even if everybody is wrong. And right is right, even if nobody is right. So uh, maybe everybody can put that on your fridge magnet to to remind you uh, to understand this whole idea of intolerance, tolerance. What do we tolerate? Well, our Lord didn't tolerate sin. And he, he said so in scripture. And he took seriously our souls. And uh, that's one thing we have to remember. Uh, Fulton Sheen's great line, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. Mm-hmm. We, we, we need to make that our battle cry. <laughs> 
our anthem. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, Alan Smith. Let, let's leave it there for a second, Alan. We're going to have to go to a break. Alan Smith is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Um, he has written a new book, The Greatest Commandment, a Fulton Sheen Anthology on Love. Available at Sophia Institute Press and nowhere else. So you have to buy it. No, it's available in other places, but we want you to buy it on Sophia Institute Press. Stick around. We have another segment with Alan Smith. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Listen to all five of our original Veritas shows. Every Wednesday at noon, you can catch Let Me Be Frank, where Bishop Frank Caggiano talks about spirituality, church news, and fun stories from his Brooklyn childhood and his life. You can hear The Frontline with Joe and Joe every Tuesday and Thursday at noon. Their guests include the biggest names in the Catholic world, and Joe and Joe talks to them from the perspective of the everyday Catholic. Thursday nights at 8 o'clock, tune in for the only late-night talk show on Catholic media anywhere. It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. And at noon on Friday is Restless. It's four millennials talking about, well, life as millennials in today's crazy world. Yes, it's possible to be young and Catholic. Right after that, at 12.30, you can hear the Focus on Veritas, where we put the focus on good works and the good people doing those works. Those are the five Veritas shows, and there's more on the way. Stay up to date at VeritasCatholic.com or on the mobile app. Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, Joe Racinello. We are way in the breach with our friend Alan Smith, who has written a new book, The Greatest Commandment, a Fulton Sheen anthology on love, which is available at Sophia Institute Press, and you're listening to us on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. I forgot to mention earlier, make sure you download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you can have access to all of our station's content. And with that, I am going to hand it back over to Joe Racinello. Obviously, God's love um, impels us to love our neighbor. John tells us that very distinctly. Um, and this is in doing research for this interview, speaking to this particular book, which is The Greatest Commandment, a Fulton Sheen anthology on love. This is what I came across, and I want you to speak to it, Alan, because I think it's a great quote. Um, basically, it says, our witness aids the disillusioned in finding their way to God. By cooperating with God's love, we will bring about the restoration of the world. And I absolutely agree with that because ultimately people disagree with words, but love breaks through. Love breaks through. It cannot be denied. And I honestly believe this is how we will restore the world. Speak to it. What did Fulton Sheen have to say about that? Well, he stressed how important it is to give a good example. Um, you know, when he would talk about the friendship between Jews and Catholics or Catholics and Protestants, um, he was just asking us to be true to our faith, true to what we believe in. Um, be that example. I mean, G.K. Chesterton said, no Protestant could ever keep me away from the Catholic Church, but a bad Catholic can. And, and I think that's very important to remember, uh, again, these bad examples. But what I believe in my heart is that uh, we, how we have to change the world is just to be truly Catholic, to live that sacramental life and in our conversations. I mean, I can say to my neighbor, I'm going to go to a 40-hour devotion at my parish uh, this weekend. And they might say, well, what's that about? And then, of course, I can talk about our Eucharistic Lord and how he's present in every tabernacle uh, across this country, all over the world. But I get to say, this is what I believe. This is what brings me peace. And it's the peace that passes all understanding. So if we want to be peace makers, we have to bring that peace into the society, uh, bring it to our neighbors and friends. And so uh, I guess Fulton Sheen was really saying in a, you know, one line, be Catholic, live Catholic, uh, don't water down anything, uh, 
tell people you believe this and um, mean it. And of course, you're, you'll see the improvement in society and your own life. But uh, again, it's that idea of be true to the faith and uh, don't water it down. Don't you know, water it down. And, and something with regard to, I do this on purpose, but I think it leaves an impact. When you go an extra mile for somebody, people remember it. Like, I'll give you a something that someone did for me. When my father passed away, I have a friend who I've worked with for a number of years on Wall Street, um, who is Jewish. He drove an hour and, and came to my father's wake. And that really impressed me, to be honest with you. Like, like it was a, an act of charity. And he only stayed for like five or 10 minutes. He drove, I know where he lives. And he came, and that's my point. I've also in my life done that, but did it tack like like in a way that you will touch somebody when you go because someone knows when you go out of the, your way for them. Like, and I always look at it as that's the greatest example of love. That's what shows people. Listen, I'm Catholic. I love you. I love the world. And you know something? I'm going to take the extra mile for you and you're going to know it. And, and, and I think that's what Fulton Sheen's talking about. And I think that's what we got to do. Right. When he penned this book, Love One Another, the year was 1944. Uh, the World War was coming to an end. And I think people were looking to Fulton Sheen to say, can you give us a roadmap? Can you, can you help us with some timely tips how to get along? Because we don't want World War III. Uh, we want peace, a lasting peace. And so when you look at what he put into that book, and of course, it's included in this anthology, The Greatest Commandment, uh, he gives us these life lessons of how the Jews and Catholics can get along forever, how you can go and... Um, again, work within different races, cultures, and creeds, and get along. I mean, there is, it is possible. And I think this is where sometimes we don't think it's possible. But it is possible when we do all things through Christ and in Christ. And uh, again, Fulton Sheen wanted to make that loud and clear that message uh, to the world. And uh, hopefully we'll learn from this great teacher, uh, there is a way to do it. And it gives us that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alan Smith joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. Let me ask you something, Alan. We've been focusing on love, rightfully so. All right. Because St. Paul said, you know, there's faith, hope and love. But in the end, it's all there is is love, brother. All right. And not in that kind of wishy-washy Beatles way either. All you need is love in a real way, the way we're describing, the way that Alan Smith is describing Fulton Sheen to find love. Words get thrown around, Alan, all the time. Uh, like you said, you can't water it down. Love is love is not having to say you're sorry. We grew up with that, you know. Ali Ali McGraw from Love Story. Okay, um, so we we get it. Another word that gets thrown around, which sometimes is actually used uh, synonymously with uh, love in the modern in the modern day, is is tolerance. You know, somehow you need to tolerate everything, or else you're not a loving person. And usually it's something that comes out of the mouth of people who are highly intolerant, especially of people like us and the teachings of uh, the Catholic Church in general and Fulton Sheen in particular. Sheen had a famous quote when it came to tolerance, and we'd love your comment on it, Alan Smith. America, quote, America, it is said, is suffering from intolerance. It is not. It is suffering from tolerance, tolerance of right and wrong, truth and error virtue and evil, Christ and chaos. Our country is not so nearly overrun with the bigoted as it is overrun with the broad-minded. That's a, that's a pretty penetrating statement. I'd love you to dissect that one for, for a few minutes for our audience, Alan. Well, I, 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 I have to point to a couple books that he wrote because, um, and again, the book was in 1945. He wrote a book uh, entitled um, The Seven Words to the Cross. And he talked about the seven different groups of people who were there at the foot of Calvary and challenged uh, our Lord. He challenged everything. And one of the groups was the intelligentsia. 
And, and like that word just stuck with me, intelligentsia. Like it, it sounds mysterious, but it's the know-it-alls. And, and this is what we're suffering from in America, Canada, all over the world, is the know-it-alls, the people who say, I know enough about religion to know that I want to stay away from it. Um, they love to talk and make commentary about stuff, but don't want to participate. But again, uh, he talked about intellectual pride um, is something that if he could just make battleships out of it, it's that it's that impenetrable. It, it really is. And uh, so I think this is what we deal with. It's the sin of pride. But again, this broad-mindedness, this know-it-all, um, this is, again, what we suffer from. And uh, again, I think even Fulton Sheen talked about, you know, the death of societies. And we look at the empires that uh, crumbled, and they sometimes crumble within. Uh, but it's almost like we're on this path to of suicide. We're going <laughs> to, you know, kill ourselves just because we just don't know how to love. And uh, again, it's this idea of tolerance and tolerance uh we have to be intolerant of sin uh not not accepted because again everybody thinks they're immaculately conceived they're without sin that's a big problem and yet what we have to do is be charitable kind and loving but love them enough to say i want to help to save your soul so i'm not going to let you fall into that behavior i'm not going to let you fall into that sin and uh, again that's true love that's that's a love of rescuing people i think you're spot on and 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 to be truthful with you there's some mathematical truth to loving when it comes to catholic dogma and teaching absolutely i mean uh you cannot like cheat on your wife you know you cannot steal you cannot kill i mean these are unrefutable ideas but you also said something that struck me and i want to like blow it out a little bit you said about knowing it all and this is something i try to watch out for myself i mean i i, I definitely i'm not a scholar i'm like you alan i mean i'm fairly well read though as you are i mean to be truthful with you you know um you definitely know your faith. I've read a lot about the faith. I still do. Um, but we don't know the mind of God. You see, this is something I think people sometimes have to, you could know all the teachings of the church, but don't hold on to this idea of God as if you figured him out because no one has like God sometimes throws a curveball at you. And I think this is where I think you have to be flexible enough to, to at least listen to it. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe I'm not flushing it out and I'm not refuting Catholic truth, but what I am saying is God is not something that is easily, you know, like, grasped by man i mean when he did show himself to peter james and john on the mountain they turned white with fear <laughs> i mean and they were walking with christ day to day talk a little bit about that because we don't know it all you know what i'm saying and sometimes things happen where i think you have to have at least a pause and and reflect Mm -hmm. and, and Fulton Sheen has done this in many of his books, this idea of pause and reflection. Uh, he talks a lot about an examination of conscience. And in this book, The Greatest Commandment, he tells us to uh, make that nightly examine, uh, but to look at our day and use the seven deadly sins, or what they call it, the seven pallbearers of the soul, and to kind of say, you know, did I fall into any of these areas? And to really be honest with self, um, to say, okay, and to make that amendment to um, just say, tomorrow I will try to do better. And it's so important to have this conversation. And I think what Fulton Sheen does for many of us is he introduces the opportunity to talk to his mother. And, and, and again, I'm still just growing in this area where Fulton Sheen, when you look at him as a person, he was always talking, I believe, to the Blessed Virgin Mary and asking her opinion to say, tell me about your son. Tell me what you think about this. And, you know, I'm starting to warm up to that idea of having this conversation um, with her because when you look at you do the math, and I know you appreciate the math equation, uh, our Blessed Lord spent three hours on the cross redeeming the world. He spent three years of his life 
teaching and preaching and healing. Uh, and again, the time he spent with his disciples. But he spent 30 years with the Blessed Virgin Mary, being formed by her, being loved by her. And I think Fulton Sheen's saying to us, do the same math. If you want to become more Christ-like, um, who better to form you in being Christ-like than going to the Blessed Virgin Mary and asking for her advice and asking her to help you? So um, it's, it's, it's an idea that not everybody can embrace immediately, but boy, it's paying big dividends in my life and the lives of so many others. So uh, again, it's this idea of there's nothing wrong with looking into your soul. And I think this is what Fulton Sheen is saying, daily look into your soul. And then you'll start to realize I need to improve on this soul to hopefully get to heaven one day. Amen. Thank you for that. Alan Smith joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. Alan has written a book. It's the greatest commandment of Fulton Sheen anthology on love available at Sophia Institute press. Alan, let me ask you this. Um, in the book, um, Archbishop Sheen tells the readers that we give the greatest glory to God at mass by uniting ourselves to Christ. Now, why would, let's say, for argument's sake, a couple of jamokes like us bring up something so obvious? Because a lot of Catholics don't go to Mass. A lot of baptized Catholics, unfortunately, don't understand. And again, I love them. This is not judgmental. Sometimes maybe they don't understand the importance of, of going to Mass. Flesh that out a little bit, Alan. Can you elaborate on that? Right. Well, I, you know, again, when I share my faith with my Protestant brothers and sisters, and I say to them, you know, I choose to be Catholic when I could be a Baptist or I could be a Methodist. And I always still point to the Eucharist to say, I have the opportunity to go and receive our Lord seven days a week in Holy Communion. That scripture, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you shall not have life within you. Just ponder that scripture for a little while. It's so important. But I think what's really important is that intimacy of being with Christ. And I think that's so important is that when we as Catholics believe that Jesus comes down on the altar each and every time at Holy Mass. And so we have an opportunity to be with him. And, you know, I'll just quote this one paragraph that Fulton Sheen, he nails it about giving glory to God. And I think it answers the question perfectly. Fulton Sheen writes, he says, at what moment do Catholics render most glory to God in the holy sacrifice of the mass for no man can glorify God as he deserves except our Lord because he is the son of God and the son of man therefore he is the mediator between God and man the only true worship of God is through Christ and it is in the mass that Jesus Christ is offered to the father but not Jesus Christ alone we are with him the work of the Savior is sufficient only for him who contemplates it on his own account in the Mass. We unite ourselves to the offering Christ made of himself upon the cross. When he died on the cross, we died with him. For the charity of Christ presses us, judging this, that if one died for all, then all were dead. And that comes from 2 Corinthians. But again, we get to be with him. We get to unite all of our prayers, our actions, our joys, uh, and sufferings of the day, and unite it and put it on the altar to co to be to be offered with um, <laughs> everyone. I mean, again, at Calvary, Christ was alone, but at the Mass, we're with Him, and I think it's that great opportunity. We give great glory to God because we get to be with Him, and of course, unite ourselves to Him and be fed by Him. So, talking about giving glory to God. You can see why that's such a powerful answer. Well, and what I think it is, I think a lot of people lack that understanding of what the mass is. I think once you once it clicks that the Eucharist is Jesus, you'll always want to go to mass, always, because it's God. You're receiving God. I, I've used this as, as an example. I mean, if I was a parish priest and I said, I'm going to give a $100 bill out to everyone who walks down the aisle of my parish on Sunday, the church would be packed. But you're getting something far greater than a $100 bill, most especially if you receive Christ in a state of grace. I mean, I feel differently when I receive Jesus Christ immediately. Um, 
And this is the relationship. I mean, you hear that in Protestant circles, like I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. No one has more of a relationship than Jesus Christ than a Catholic. We consume him. I mean, speak to flesh that out a little bit because the sacraments, there's nothing more personal than that. And we have it in the Catholic Church, thanks be to God. Right. I like to call this the divine friendship. And, and I think this is what I try to say, you know, to my children is, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you who you are. Um, you know, if you run with stallions, you're a stallion. Um, but again, if you hang out with saints, you'll become a saint. And so it's so important to understand the divine friendship to say, are you really working on these divine friendships? Uh, and especially that relationship with Jesus, that friendship with Jesus. And yet what our Lord did is when he went to be with the Father in heaven, of course, he left in place the church and the sacraments. And it's the sacraments that are going to be those channels of divine grace to help us improve that friendship. Every time I go to confession, I am reconciled with God the Father. I am redeemed, and I repair that friendship because I severed that friendship with my sin. And so, again, that is a great opportunity. Every time I go to the Holy Eucharist to receive the Lord, I'm being fed by him. I think of all the graces he gave me in baptism and, um, again, how I became a child of God uh, receiving the gift of baptism. So these sacraments are, again, these great gifts of love that give us that opportunity to develop the divine friendship, to strengthen it. And, you know, again, uh, sometimes we could be asked that question, do you really spend time with Jesus? And you can at least say, yes, I do, because he's given me these opportunities to work on the friendship. And of course, again, living the sacramental life is so important. Absolutely. Alan Smith joining Joe and I at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. Please be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app and share the podcast with your friends when you download them. And we're hoping that you are downloading them. Um, Alan, you're talking about sacraments. Joe, you and Joe both brought up sacraments. Um, obviously, we believe in the real presence. We believe that we go to uh, sacramental confession. So obviously, there's Christians that don't. Okay, we call them Protestants. All right, we love them. We, we but they are Protestants. Um, what is your approach to real ecumenism? And I, I, I'm sorry, I have to say it that way. Authentic or real ecumenism and so societal unity, when it comes to at least helping our non-Catholic Christian brothers and sisters understand that uh, no, you know these 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 things are real. You know, to come across in that way, like I said, uh, to 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 make sure that we're not off-putting, but make sure we're standing up for the truth. How would you how would you go about that, Alan Smith? Yeah, I think it's just again, as I said earlier, I I when I encounter these people um, that are different faiths, I say, you know, I've made a choice to be Catholic when I can choose to be Protestant, uh, you know, Muslim, um, you know, again, we all have choices in front of us. But what I've learned is that, again, I go back to the scriptures, and I think of this whole idea, we need to come under the kingship of Christ. And, and that's very important that we say, are you willing to be under his dominion? Uh, his advice. And of course, if they say yes, and then you have to then point to the scriptures and and, point, and say to them, you know, what did Jesus mean when he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you shall not have life within you. When he uh, said in the strongest language to Nicodemus uh, that you need to be uh, baptized with the water and the spirit. And of course, we have baptism. We also have confirmation. Um, so it's this idea of, of just saying that we have to come under the kingship of Christ, um, become disciples of Christ, and again, go to the scriptures and convict people. And I know we saber rattle a lot with uh, interpretation of scriptures. Uh, but again, I just look them straight in the eye to say, I feel great. What a great 
um, event I have that takes place every day. When I go to Holy Mass, I hear the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Psalms, I receive the Eucharist, and I receive God's grace. And I think we can't say that enough. But uh, again, it's this idea of the spirit of societal unity. Um, again, we just have to be good, holy examples. And what people have always said, I was attracted to the Catholic Church because of the peace that you have how you conduct yourself. Uh, I want some of that divine bread. I want to receive the earth. I want to be forgiven of my sins. Um, and I know that this sacrament of confession that the Catholic Church has is the answer. I will be absolved of my sins and be forgiven. And I think that's what Fulton Sheen stressed. People want to be forgiven. And that's why they're attracted to the Catholic Church because of that beautiful sacrament uh, that the Catholic Church has that other religions don't have and so um, again i'm not trying to brag i'm just but i am bragging about god and how generous he is and that he he founded a church and gave us the sacraments so praise be to god let's uh, not hide that let's share that with everybody well isn't it i'm going to hand it over to joe alan smith but isn't it as we were saying earlier you cannot separate love from truth when you state these this truth the, the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, the need for sacramental confession, uh, the sacraments established by Christ, okay? You, you, that is an act of love. If you tell someone, we have Jesus really, truly present in the Eucharist, that's an act of love. That's not, that's not, that's not anything other than that because it's the truth, because as we were saying earlier, the two are united. Uh, Joe Resinello, I'm gonna hand it over Well, to I wanna you. talk a little bit, because Benedict XVI talks about ecumenicalism a lot. And I think also I wanna refer to Mike Aquilina, who's a friend of the show, who wrote a book on friendship. And I think that's the key to it. True ecumenicalism doesn't mean you bend or change but it lies in friendship. You see, I have friends who are Jewish. I have friends who are, to be honest with you, I can't even say that they, the way they live, they believe in God, but they're my friends. I have friends who are Protestant and I'm not gonna change. And if you love me, you'll accept me for who I am too. I think that's the key. We forgot how to do that in society anymore. I could be your friend. Christ was friends with sinners. I can be your friend, and ultimately, I can't change you. You see, I think where the problem comes in, it's pride. We want to change the other person. I want to change you. It doesn't work that way. God changes you. I can love you, though, and I'll be your friend. And we don't know how to do that anymore, the world. And I think in time, if you're friends with somebody and you're firm in your conviction and they still stay friends with you and you give a good example, God will work on them little by little by little and their hearts will soften. And that's what I think ecumenicalism is. That doesn't mean I could be friends with a Muslim. Why can't I? I could be his friend. And I think we can't do that anymore like as a society and that's a shame it is it is and i think this is why fulton sheen throughout this book keeps pointing to the greatest commandment when jesus said love one another as i have loved you and, and that is a scripture that's hard to embrace uh because when you know even just trying to love our enemies i mean the lord said that uh, to us how many times? Love your enemies, uh, do good to those who persecute you, who are, um, you know, don't have your best interests at heart. Uh, but again, that great commandment that he said to his disciples, of course, on Holy Thursday, when he instituted the Eucharist, but he said, love one another as I have loved you. And um, again, when we think of how much God loves us, if we could just share that love with our neighbor, the world would be a different place. But uh, again, a uh, hard cross to pick up, but that's why our Lord said, pick up your cross daily and follow me. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. It's it, like you said, it, it, it is, it is not, you know, that's the one thing I'd like to tell the world. It's not easy to love. It's not as easy as you say it is. You know, people say, oh, it's just easy. Just accept everything. No, love is difficult, especially when it calls, especially, you know, Christ. I remember, uh, you know, even when I wasn't so Catholic or not so involved in the church, I say, well, you know, Christ wants me to, Christ wants me to love my enemies. I have a hard enough time loving my friends. You know, it's, you know, it's not easy to love, but the book is The Greatest Commandment. 
to love one another as uh, as I have loved you. The Greatest Commandment, a Fulton Sheen anthology. Alan Smith has been talking to us now for about an hour, and uh, we love talking to Alan Smith. Alan, I don't know if we're going to have uh, a lot of time probably a couple minutes talk about Sheen's stance um and how much he spoke out on the need to speak out against um hatred of all kinds whether it's sexism racism whatever the case might be because obviously you know if you have hate in your heart you don't have a lot of room for love and we got to dispel that we got to get rid of that right um you know he did so many different things he you know I think some of the best advice he gave um, people, these different races, cultures, and creeds, is he got them to acknowledge to say, let's see that we have a common father, <laughs> you know, that God is our father. And, um, you know, I think that's this whole idea of brotherhood of man, um, you know, getting along races, creeds, and cultures. Uh, if we have, you know, we won't share our goods unless we really understand that we're brothers. And, you know, Fulton Sheen, uh, he used this analogy of blood types. He said, he said, listen, there are hundreds of different skin tones, um, different races and cultures, but he says there's only four blood types. And uh, again, it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. If the blood type matches, you can save a life. You can say there you go. Alan Smith, we have to, I hate to cut you off, but you know how it is, Alan, it's radio. We have to leave it there. The Greatest Commandment is the book, a Fulton Sheen anthology on love, and the author is Alan Smith. And we want to thank Alan again for joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. And we want to thank all of you out there. Remember, go and buy the book on Sophia Institute Press. It is available at others. We want you to stay away from the others and buy it at Sophia Institute Press. Alan Smith, thank you again. We want to thank you all out there for joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe 1350 on your AM dial 103.9 on your FM dial serving the New York metropolitan area spreading the truth of the Catholic faith be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you can have access to all of our station's content and you can follow Joe and I on social media thefrontlinetv.com thefrontlinetv.com or look us up on YouTube at the Frontline with Joe and Joe and remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.